appreciate that message in song, amen. And they go up to children's church or junior church and they rehearse, they have they flip it and have the ch- junior church first. And please apologize to Miss Stephanie, I didn't mean to leave her out. She's one of the leaders. And I appreciate all of the uh, um, adults that work with our children, don't you? And I'm going to tell you how you can really appreciate them. Come tonight. That's all I'm going to say. You really appreciate them, you'll come and just see the effort. But I, uh, I hate sometimes when I leave people out and I saw Miss Stephanie running towards Junior Church. I thought, my goodness, I didn't recognize her, and so I apologize publicly for that. So sorry. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, I was going to start Joshua, and the Lord checked me on it, and I pray about what I preach, and he said, don't start the series till January. And uh, the reason is I want to preach on Christmas uh, until Christmas, and I'm going to let Brother Jason preach some and some other preachers uh, preach on Christmas. But I, I believe in Christmas, and I believe that he came to us when we couldn't come to him. And uh, you ought to thank God that your light can shine bright. And speaking of that, uh, our sign has been out for about two weeks, and I appreciate Brother Salvador and Brother Eric doing a great job on that sign. Y'all just notice how bright that sign is tonight. I really like that. I, and things that's not right around here bug me to death. I just want everything right, you know, just everything right, all the lights working. And so they did a good job yesterday morning. Appreciate that so very much. And it is a bright sign now, and that's what I like. You ought to know where we're at. And so you ought to be bright testimonies. And what a great Christmas song. There's one thing about Miss Sarah, that she, she, when she picks out a song to sing, she thinks it over and prays over it. And I guarantee you it's a song with a great message. And that was a tremendous Christmas song. I hope you got the song. Amen. Uh, uh, singing is not just a commercial before the preaching. It prepares your heart, amen, and thank God for it. And you'll hear the children singing there, up there rehearsing right now. And let's pray for the preschool church, and that's where all our children are on Sunday morning. I don't explain that a lot, and people think we don't have any children, but we do. We had two parents get saved, um, and a teenager saved Wednesday. So thank God for that. Uh, one one of the, uh, the parents got assurance of their salvation, and then the, the gentleman got saved, and they're all homesick because Brother Mark and I checked on them yesterday and took a new converts course by as we follow up on all our new, new converts, and they were all sick. He was at work sick, and so he just got a new job. So pray for him and pray that we'll reach more parents tonight. That's what it's all about, getting these parents in here under the sound of the gospel, and it, it'll make a difference. If you don't believe that, ask uh, Scott and Tressy. Uh, they're both homesick this morning, but uh, that's what got them here was one Christmas play They've been faithful for two or three years now. It's wonderful. All right, stand on the word of God. Uh, Matthew chapter 1. Did I say where I was going? I'm going to heaven. That's where I'm going. Amen. But anyway, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Appreciate all the Christmas socials. You ought to get involved in those. It's so wonderful to get to know people, and you don't get to know people in the pews. You have to go to people's Christmas parties and fellowship. And I know the friendship class had a great one yesterday. Verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as, a mo- when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together. Isn't that wonderful that teenagers, male and female, can wait till marriage before they come together? Amen. I think it ought to be like a gift unwrapped on the honeymoon night. I really do. You say, you're old-fashioned preacher. No, I'm, I'm biblical. Amen. Save yourself to marriage, young people. Don't give yourself away. Amen. That's a paid political announcement for purity. 
Amen. I made all of you mad now, but we're going to go on. Amen. It says, before they came together, as she found with child of, of the Holy Ghost. As she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. And that means divorce. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take into the Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shall call his name Jesus. Thou means Joseph. You better do what I'm telling you to do, say to do. And he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child and shall bring a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And then Joseph being raised from, uh, from the sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and he took unto him his wife. And listen to this now. And knew her not till he had brought forth, that she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he, Joseph, called his name Jesus. I want to preach this morning on Joseph, a humble man with a heavenly mission, or what to do when your dreams become a nightmare. What to do when your dreams become a nightmare. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the wonderful choir special. What a blessing to hear that choir sing like that. And God, the special by Miss Sarah was such a blessing. All the singing, all the, the playing of the instruments, everything, Lord, I believe was Christ-honoring. Thank you for Brother Randy. I know he's had a rough week with sickness in his home. and Thank you for his faithfulness. And Lord, I pray, dear God, that you would help us to preach on the unsung hero of, of Christmas, a man named Joseph. God, may we be like him. May we be humble, yielded, obedient, and honoring your will over our own life. And we're going to thank and praise you for teaching us something this morning and challenging us and changing our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. When God moved in time to send his son Jesus, of course, he used a virgin. Her name was Mary. She was not the mother of God, Catholic Church. She was the mother of Jesus. And I want you to know this, friend. She was humble. They were so poor they had to give turtle doves on the offering. They were very humble, very um, uh, poor in the things of this world. But not only did he need a vessel to carry Jesus in the womb, but God needed a human male, a father, a father to the child to be born a helpless infant and be born in a world to live in poverty, not splendor. He left the splendor and glory of heaven. He was born in a little poor home and here was a man named Joseph. And there's a great need for Joseph to be uh, Jesus to be trained by a father. I don't think anybody can take the place of a father. Therefore, God chose a man named Joseph, an earthly caretaker, uh, a hev uh, to take care of the heavenly son. He was the adopted father. Some say a surrogate father. I don't like that terminology, so I'll say an adopted father. 
I sent this um, introduction to my son-in-law this morning as he uh, didn't have a father. And I thought about him when I thought about this introduction of a man that adopted Jesus. And last night they had a little baby brought to them that's an addict. They're in the foster care program. And Steph wouldn't even think about saying no to this little baby. Folks, I want you to know this father named Trent didn't have a father, so he knows how it feels not to have a father. You know, sometimes crises and problems and tragedies cause us to have a heart for others. Some of us has got it made all the time, had a home and had a father and had a mother and had everything hunky-dory. We don't have the compassion somebody has that didn't have one. And so I commended him. He wrote back and said, uh, Brother Wayne, you've been the father that I needed. You've been the example. That, that stirred my heart. But I just want to say this. Folks, you, know, you must have compassion, integrity, decency, and love to do what Joseph did. And you've got to have a whole lot of faith that works. Say amen. Here he is, Joseph, a humble man, minding his own business, He's in the betrothal. Now, you don't understand betrothal, do you? Betrothal was like marriage, but it was like an engagement, and it was forbidden that they live together. It was also forbidden that they come together. And if the wife, the lady, became pregnant, he could divorce her in the betrothal. I'll prove that in Scripture in just a minute. That's how sacred... Marriage should be, say amen. Even the engagement you ought to be pure, say amen. And folks, they, they would give you a right of divorcement if you broke that. Here is Joseph faced with that nightmare. He works all day to make a home for Mary and the children they'll have in the future. He goes to bed and he dreams about being together because they haven't been together. And that's a great dream for a newlywed couple. Say amen. It's being distorted today. It's that we've lost our blush today. Come on now, this is a sweet little Christmas message when I get to it. But right now I'm just going to say, friend, we need to get back to what God's plan is for marriage and the sacredness of it, the wholesomeness of it, and the faithfulness of it, and the purity of it. Say amen. Let me preach there a little bit because you're not going to hear this in a liberal church. Folks, marriage and the, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Sex out of marriage is wrong. But sex in marriage is an expression of love. Say amen right there. Come on, back me up a little bit. And it's not, you don't make love. That's a worldly term. You express love. And that's a godly term. In marriage only. Can somebody say amen? And folks, we got to get back to that as a, as a country. We need to honor what God says. We ought to honor marriage. We ought to honor uh, what is marriage, male and female. Praise God. Come on. Never thought I had to preach against that in my lifetime. God help us as a country not to vote in some heathens that believe that men should be with men and ladies should be with ladies. Now they're about to run the Hallmark Channel. Because the LBGT's got a hold of them and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to compromise 
My wife's going to be real sad when I start kicking that out of the house. That's sad, isn't it? It's sad today that everybody's got to stay up with Hollywood standards and not God's standards. You say, I thought this was supposed to be a sweet little Christmas message. I thought it was too, but here it goes. I ain't apologizing for it. Because I am promoting, this is a paid spiritual announcement for marriage. I'm for it. I believe you ought to do everything you can to express love in your marriage and be faithful and be loyal to your mate. Joseph was. He thought Mary wasn't. He was alarmed. He said, what am I going to do? So first of all, I want to give you this. I see the tragedy that marred his life. Look at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as a mother Mary was the spouse of Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, they're betrothed. That's just as binding as marriage in the Bible days. You had to write a, a bill of divorcement to get out of it, betrothed. And it says they found the child of the Holy Ghost, and Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately or divorce her quietly. And so I want you to think about Joseph for a second. What a shock. What a dream turned into a nightmare. Because Joseph was not naive. He knew where babies came from. Say amen right there, some of y'all. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. It's a tragedy when people feel like they have to get married because they have a baby. Folks, the nest is not prepared a lot of times. You get married because it's God's will. That's why I'm for adoption strongly. You have a baby out of wedlock, adopt it. Don't kill it. That's, a, that's, that's abortion. But adopt it out to somebody that wants a baby. Say amen. But then I see, second of all, the tragedy of this shattered dream. That's all he'd probably thought about. What a cruel slap in the face. He thought, we're betrothed. We're supposed to be pure. We're supposed to keep ourselves to the marriage night. And now Mary's gone and got pregnant. And Joseph was not the father. He knew he wasn't the father because they hadn't been together. What a nightmare. And then I want you to see in verse 19 the tragedy of a sorrowful decision. Joseph is faced with a dilemma. The Bible says he was a just man. And he was righteous and one that kept the divine law. And so if you'll look back to Deuteronomy chapter 22, this is what he could have done to Mary. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 20. Would you turn there with me, please? Very unusual Christmas message, but it'll get better as we get closer to Christmas. But look at Deuteronomy 22 and verse 20, please. The Bible says, but this thing be true and the token of virginity be not found for the damsel. We're talking about betrothal, the engagement period. There had to be a token of virginity. Look at verse 21. Then they shall bring out the damsel, the, the young lady that became pregnant, to the door of her father's house and the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die. Because she has wrought folly in Israel 
to play the whore in her father's house, so shall thou put evil away from among them. If a man be found lying with a woman married to a, to a husband, then they shall both of them die. Both a man that lay with the woman and the woman, so shall they be put away evil from Israel. And the damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband, and a man find her in the city and lie with her. Now, folks, that is rough. That is tough. But it was, show, it was showing in the law, and it was drawing a line that marriage should be sacred, that marriage is precious, that purity is precious. Amen. Aren't you glad God doesn't deal with people that way today? There'd be a lot of people getting killed, stoned. And so here's the dilemma. Here's the decision. Joseph could have had her put to death. He could have had her stoned. But he said, I don't want to do that. I love her. And so he had to make another decision, and that's Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. And when a man has taken a wife and married her and came to pass that she found no favor in his eyes because he has found some uncleanness in her, then let her write her a bill of divorcement and give it to her hand and send her out of his house. And so during the portrayal time, there was a divorcement they could write, and so Joseph didn't want to embarrass Mary publicly. Definitely didn't want to have her killed. But folks, he just was going to divorce her quietly. May I say this? There's no divorce that's quiet. And some of y'all have been through the trauma of divorce, and I don't think you're a second-class saint, and I don't think you ought to feel uncomfortable coming to this church. But I do believe you ought to raise up the standard of marriage and realize that you can learn from your mistakes and rebuild your life by God's grace. Say amen. See, we independent Baptists don't go outside and stone you with stones when you have a divorce. But folks, if all possible, date wisely. If all possible, hold out, pray through, and wait for a spiritual person. I was rejoicing with Bobby and and uh, Ken over here about Adam waiting on a godly girl. They're going to get married at a youth camp, amen, in Kentucky near Indiana because that's where she works and where she serves. And I thought, praise God, Adam, you found a good one. <laughs> they didn't find a bad one, so amen. But anyway, folks, listen, be careful about how you date. Be careful the choices you make. and Be careful about immorality before marriage. Amen. So Joseph said, I got to put her away. It breaks my heart. We wanted to live our dream out. We wanted to have children together. I love her. And so he was in a dilemma. Folks, there's a tragedy of a shocking discovery. It's a tragedy of a shattered dream. But it's a tragedy of this sorrowful decision that he thought he had to make. Thank God, friend, thank God. Thank the Lord that God allowed him to get a revelation that it was not immorality, it was not fornication, but it was of the Holy Ghost. It was a divine conception. It was an immaculate conception. And I want to show you what Joseph did with that. And so, folks, listen. When your dreams are shattered and they turn into nightmares, you need to go to God and ask God to help you 
rebuild your life by God's grace. You need not to give up. You don't need to overreact. What you need to do is ask God to give you grace because His ways are above our ways and sometimes we think we're at the end of the rope and this is devastating, but God can even use the trials and the nightmares and the tribulation and the heartbreaks to make us more like Jesus. Aren't you glad of that fact? And to make us more gracious and more giving and more loving. Elijah hid himself by a chair uh, before he could stand in the power, uh, uh, before that he was standing in the power at Carmel and, and, uh, and uh, uh, defeated 850 prophets of hell. And then the next chapter we find him depressed, wanting to die. David could deal with lions and bears and he was ready to face Goliath and then he fell to the sin of immorality. Folks, listen, I want to tell you something. God can take a Joseph of the Old Testament and put him in prison and, and he would come out a prime minister and he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God can use all things working together to make us more like Christ. Don't give up when it becomes a nightmare. Don't give up when your dreams are devastated because somebody's unfaithful. Somebody's unloving. Joseph did not give up. Joseph looked up and God spoke up and told him that his nightmare was about to turn into the greatest blessing that a man could ever experience. He got to raise Jesus as his adopted father. <laughs> Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. And so I want you to see number two, not only the tragedy that marred his life, but I want you to see the number two, the task that marked his life. Look at verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Go ahead and marry her. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now that's never happened before. And Joseph wasn't expecting that. And folks, here's the divine revelation. Mary's child is the Son of God. Then I see not only that, but the definite requirement. He says, don't divorce her. Definitely don't kill her. And folks, he was handed a difficult task. Amen. It'd be difficult for any of you men to go through this or any of you ladies to go through this. And then I see the task involved in the delightful uh, realization. Look at verse 22. It says, Now all this was done that y'all might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a, with a child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. <laughs> Folks, the earliest prophecy of that is Genesis 3.15. Look at this. Genesis 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his head. Jesus, God speaking to the devil. He says, you're about to get a, a head bruising, a mortal wound at Calvary, but it's going to be her seed. didn't say their seed. It's going to be her seed. There's a prophecy of the virgin-born Son of God. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, written 758 years before the fact, 
The Bible says in Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and, and, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Look at uh, Isaiah 9, 6. The Bible says this, For unto us a child is born. And listen to this, Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. For a child is born and a son is given. An immaculate conception. And so thank God, thank God, Joseph got the message. And he said, Joseph, I want you to do something. I want you to call his name Jesus. Now the father always picked a name. And it's usually a named after the father. And not junior either. It's just a special name. It meant a lot in the Bible days. And folks, we see the divine revelation, but we see a definite requirement. He says, call his, call his name Jesus. Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. And so, folks, here's the key. And I'll close with this thought. Number three, not only was there a tragedy that marred his life, and not only was there a task that marked his life, he had to do what God said do. Folks, I want to tell you something. You'll be a lot better off in your marriage if you'll do what God says do. He thought of this thing called marriage. Say amen. He's got the blueprints for it, and he's got the power to fill it. It's his love. Aren't you glad you're married to somebody saved? Aren't you glad you're married to somebody that loves God? Praise God. Y'all didn't have to take a vote to come to church, did you? I think the man of God ought to get up and say, hey, we're going to church. Amen. Whether you go or not, I'm going. That's where a man of God ought to be. Amen. And it's not easy. It's the hardest thing in the world. I can't imagine Miss Connie uh, this morning saying, hey, I don't want to go. You can have it. Praise God, they didn't, they didn't like my casserole yesterday. I ain't going back. I liked it, whether y'all liked it or not. Amen. It was delicious. All of them were even Brother Jeremy cooked. That was a miracle, praise God. He's a good cook. Don't tell his wife that. But I'm going to tell you this. Friend, listen. She wanted to be here with me. And she wants to serve. We can't serve as much as we used to, but we're still trying. So there's a tragedy. There's a task. But here's the testimony. Here's the testimony. Unconditional compliance. Look at verse 24. And Joseph being raised from sleep, Boy, this woke him up, I guarantee you. Did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took into him his wife. Praise God, he got properly married. Folks, I want to tell you something. This moment in Joseph's life, he was not interested in what the community thought because every one of them was gossiping. If he was in a Baptist church, I know they were gossiping. Praise God. If they were in Dalton, Georgia, they tried to put it in the paper. He didn't care what people thought. He cared what God told him to do. This peer pressure is killing us all. It's killing marriages. It's killing teenagers. They'd rather be cool and not a virgin. And folks, that's a shame. I believe it takes more courage to be a virgin. Say amen right there, parents. Back me up now or back me up later in the nursery. I guarantee you the peer pressure today is you're not cool if you are. If you keep yourself from marriage, 
You're not cool. You ought to be like us. Party a lot. Have sex a lot. And then people get married out of obligation instead of God's will and their life is ruined. Folks, listen. The moment Joseph's life, he was not interested in what the community thought. He simply wanted to carry out the will of God because God told him what to do. And so I see a testimony of unwavering commitment. Look at verse 25. And he knew her not. He knew her not till he had brought forth, till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Now here it really takes a lot of he refrained himself from any physical, intimate expression even after he got married until Mary brought forth the child. Why? Because Jesus told him to. God told him to. And folks, I want to tell you something. When God tells you to do something, it's best Amen. You, when God tells you to do something, you might not like it. You might not feel like doing it. But I want to tell you something. If you'll be like Joseph, okay, I'm going to do it. God will bless you in a very special way. There'll be more trust. There'll be more love. There'll be more assurance of real love when you just do what God says do. Amen. And he had no contact with him. He obeyed the Lord and preserved her virginity until after Jesus had been born. Why? Because the prophet said she'd be a virgin. Amen? And folks, he was fulfilling prophecy. And folks, it was the perfect will of God. And I just want to say this, Joseph. Thank you for your testimony. Joseph had a good testimony. What was that testimony? I'll do what you say do. No matter how I feel. No matter what the world thinks about it, I will not touch her until the baby's born. He bore the shame and the reproach leveled at him from all the surrounding community because they said, hey, she's with child. She had to be unfaithful to you, Joseph. And you're going to marry her anyway? Let's stone her. Let's, hey, write her a divorce, a bill of divorcement. Get rid of her. And women didn't have they didn't have much rights in the Bible days. They were treated almost like slaves. Thank God. I want to tell you something. The Lord, you talk about these women liberals against Jesus. They ought to thank God for Jesus. Because I want to tell you something. Jesus brought the ladies to the level they deserve as a gift from God. Say Amen. And as a wife that ought to be honored. Amen. Read the book of Galatians sometimes. He changed all that. These people say, I don't like religion. I don't like Jesus because it low rates the role of the woman. No, it don't low rate the role of the woman. It defines the, the role of a woman. Amen. She's not less than you. Matter of fact, I can look at you men. I know a lot of y'all married up. Praise God. Say amen right there. That was the time for you to say amen, and you missed it. Just looked at me like, amen's what you should have said. You married up. Okay, thank you, Brother John. You're getting with it now. She's watching online, so you better say amen. 
So I want to close with saying this. Here's the testimony of an unwavering commitment, an unconditional compliance, but also I see an unfailing completion. An unfailing com completion. When the child was born, he called his name Jesus. He did what the Lord told him to do. And I'll just say this in closing. That's a good testimony. Men, don't try to impress anybody. Just be a man of God that's obedient. And by the way, for you to be a good leader, you first need to be a good follower. And until you're a good follower, you're not a good leader. And until you're submissive to the will of God, then I'm going to tell you something, you're not a man of God until you're submissive as a servant to Everybody wants a title around here. Well, not around here, but everybody wants a title. I'll tell you what the title ought to be. Obedient servant of God. And if your daddy's like that, you ought to thank God and call him precious. If your husband's like that, you ought to thank God your husband wants to be in church. He wants to come back to prayer meeting tonight. He wants to see some little play. Uh, that glorifies God. He wants to be back on Wednesday night. He wants to go soul winning. You ought to thank God for a husband like that because that is a good testimony. He did what God told him to do. And folks, when his dreams became a nightmare, he held on to God. What's it going to take to shake your faith? Peer pressure? Oh, you'd be a lot more popular if you'll be Casanova. You'd be a lot more popular if you'll be cool and loose and permissive. I'll tell you when you'll be cool. It's when you're controlled by the Spirit of God. That's cool. And I'm so sick of this cool hand loop religion where everybody's got to be cool, laid back, sitting on a stool with the blue jeans and having a rock and roll concert behind you. I'll tell you what's cool. Thus saith the word and live it and walk it. So I want to just close by saying again, I closed in a, before. Yeah. Joseph was an unsung hero of Christmas because he did not have her stoned. Today, most people go out and get stoned if they have some situation like that. Start drinking, give up, go whoremonging, divorce, go wild. She let me down, so I'll join her. No, what you ought to do is you ought to be a man of God like Joseph and say, dear God, I know I've blown it. I know I've sinned, but I'm sorry, and I repent of it, and I want to be the man of God right now that I need to be. And you will be an unsung hero to your family. So when you have a nightmare come up in your life, a heartache, he was shattered because he loved Mary so much. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. As Brother Gary said the other day when I heard him preach a vision, he said, don't throw in the towel. Take out the towel and serve someone. Praise God, that's profound. I don't know if he read that somewhere or if he just came up with it.
Don't throw in the towel. Just get the towel and go wash somebody's feet and be a servant of God. So when you're going through horrendous health problems, Brother Howard, when you're going through horrendous heartache, you that's lost loved ones, and you're dreading Christmas because of it, when you're going through a heartache like no other heartache, when your wife is unfaithful, your husband's unfaithful, when your marriage is devastated and shattered, don't give up. Men, be a man of God and have this testimony. I waited on God. He told me what to do. And I'm just going to name him Jesus. Our Father, thank you for the message. Use it for your glory. Thank you, dear God, for encouraging us that when we have nightmares, we can turn them into dreams. And when our dreams turn into nightmares, we don't have to fall into depression and fall into more sin and get angry and get bitter and give up. God, we can draw nigh to you and you'll draw nigh to us. Thank you, God, that you're a God of the second chance and the third and the fourth and the fifth. God, help us not to frustrate the grace of God by taking advantage of you. But God, help us to repent. Help us to submit. God, help us to listen to the voice of God for the encouragement, the strength, and the direction that you want us to take in our lives. God, thank you for the character of Joseph. Thank you that he had character. That character was measured by what it took for him to quit. And he didn't quit. He remained a faithful husband. And he remained a faithful servant. And he did exactly what you told him to do. And Lord, forgive us sometimes for getting all excited about the wise men at the house and the shepherds at the manger. Lord, I want to salute this morning the man in the background, the carpenter that trained and loved and raised Jesus to be the Savior of the world. Not by Joseph's works, but by his humble submission. God, you used him. Use us that way. Help me to be a humble servant. Help me to be obedient. God, help me to be faithful. With every head bowed, every eye closed, this message challenged my heart as a man, as a daddy, as a granddaddy, as a pastor. It challenged my heart. I want to be faithful. And I want to be submissive. And I want to be obedient. How about you? How many of you men would say, God, the, the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, spoke to my heart. I have some people that look up to me. And by the grace of God, I want to be a Joseph, a humble servant with a heavenly mission in my life. And I, by the grace of God, I want you to pray for me, preacher, that I'll be that humble servant. To set the example for my children and for my wife is your prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up real high all over this place, men? God bless you. God bless you.
God bless you. We got some real men in this church. I thank God for you. You can be counted on. You're faithful in season, out of season. And many of you have been faithful for many, many years. And I thank God for you. How many say, preacher, I know without a doubt that I'm saved. If I died today, I know I'd go to heaven. I know I'm saved. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that? All over this auditorium. How many glad you say, say amen? Woo, that's the gift of Christmas, isn't it? Like, like the choir sung. Then Jesus came. Praise God. Is there anyone in here say, Preacher, I'm not saved. I'm religious, but I'm lost. I'm not saved. I'd like you to pray for me. Because I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And I want to be a blessing and a humble servant to touch others' lives. And I need to be saved. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? And you'd say, Preacher, please pray for me. Anyone? Anyone? You're not saved, but you'd like to be. Two raised their hand Wednesday night, and praise God, one got assurance, and the other got saved after church. You can be saved. God loves you just as much as he loved them. Anyone? Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Be honored this Christmas season. God, no fork lower, no, no, no character besides God should be honored during this season. And I pray, dear Lord, that you'd help, help us to celebrate your birth. And Lord, help us as Joseph to be compliant and to complete the mission as humble servants. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.